Hello and welcome to Nerds of the Old Republic, the podcast where we drink and discuss nerdy fiction, and where the bells mean points, but the points mean nothing. I'm Adam. I am Sean. And I'm Mike. Today is certainly one of our most anticipated episodes, anticipated by us at least. We will be talking about Disney's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I think it's safe to say we have thoughts. Feelings. Feelings. All of the above. <laughs> attachments. You're not supposed to have attachments. But first, we want to thank a, uh, we want to share a huge thank you to everyone who has joined us on Podbean. We've been taking a break between seasons this summer, but the Podbean community has not. Oh my goodness. Our listenership and downloads continue to grow, and we appreciate all of you. We also want to give a shout out to our followers on Twitter. That continues to grow as well, and we've been enjoying those great conversations taking place there. If you like what you hear, why not take a second to rate us and leave a review wherever you listen? It'd be a big help and totally free. But if rating isn't your thing, just mention this to a nerdy friend who would be, that would be just as good. And while you're at it, mention and check out our blog, More Than Just Books, as well. It's not just the cast, folks. And we'll be continuing to post new and nerdy discussions about the wide pop culture world of science fiction and fantasy. Now, on to the drink. Sean, since you brought this, would you mind discussing what you got in front of us? Yeah, I saw a beer on the shelf in a store that looked good. So uh, <laughs> what we're drinking is uh, from a brewery I've never heard of. It's Maybe called that. Beltline Brewery, which mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great name. Mm-hmm. And it's called Buffalo Bohemian Czech Style Pilsner. And I noticed that it's since 2019. Well, wow, there's a lot of history. So there is, there. Yes, there is some history here. Uh, I got it because I'm on a huge Buffalo Bills kick right now. Hey. Hey. Thank you. You can do that. In, if you're not from Buffalo, if you do that in Buffalo, you're guaranteed to get at least one callback. Oh, my God. I was walking out of the Metallica show a couple of weeks ago, and I did that in the crowd, and it, oh, it yeah. just went nuts. Everyone yeah. started doing it. I was like, oh, I did that. That's a good crowd to do it in. Oh, yeah. Sure. Great um, concert, by the way. Great concert. I heard. I heard. Yep. Band of a generation. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it still looks good. I don't yeah. know. We'll it's, see. Got a, it's got a buffalo in the front with some like German fonty stuff. It's um, made with local Cascade hops and organic corn. So yeah. it looks like they're paying attention to their ingredients. Let's uh, open it up and uh, toast. There's some ASMR for you. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Right. Cheers, gents. Good summer beer. Yeah, that's nice. what I was yeah. kind of going for. Yeah. Nice and light. That it's... is a Czech Pilsner. It's a little bit like a Coors, I'd say. Maybe a little bit more tasteful. Yeah, yeah it's got a little more taste up front. Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, Coors, yeah, I, I always said Coors tastes like if you took a glass that had had beer in it. <laughs> added water. And put water in that yeah. glass. Well, are you talking about Coors Light or are you talking about Coors Banquet? <laughs> well, I've, I, There's I, a difference. I, Don't I am you talking... dare talk. <laughs> get the banquet beer out your fucking mouth. This is Coors Light I'm speaking of. Yeah. But, uh, but this this does not have, this This at least half the beer was still in the glass for. No, no I'm kidding. Yeah. This is good. This is a good yeah. summer beer. Yeah, it's drinkable. You can definitely tell, I mean, any Czech Pilsner is going to have a little bit of rice as the backbone after the malt in the front. So, like, you definitely get that nice malt, wheaty flavor up in the front. Yeah. And then it just goes away fast. I could drink a bunch of this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, apparently... Five point one percent alcohol by volume, so yeah. not just, bad. Just barely more than the um, Miller Light that I had a moment ago. In our college days, we used to drink the ice 
beers, which were trendy at the time. Oh, yeah. I got some in the fridge. You want some? Do you? <laughs> is, it, is it natural ice? It's not natty oh, ice, actually. Okay. But we it's used to drink those. It's off ice. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, used to, we used to drink those because they had a, a higher uh, alcohol. Yeah. Um, but looking back, those were all like 5.1, yeah. 5.2. And uh, now, that, as far as craft beer goes, that passes for a very light beer. It's a session <laughs> something or yeah. other. Exactly. I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Lobat Max Ice, I think, or something oh, like that. that, was that was oh, yeah, because you can get the black can. can. Yeah. 22 ounces of oh, it yeah. for a dollar fifty. Pounders. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. At the gas station. Yep. So uh, the only reason why I have Shmirnoff Ices, again, is because it's a tradition in our friend group to hide them on people, and then when they're found, they have to drink them <laughs> on bended knee. <laughs> In front of you, they have yeah, to chug cool. it in front God, of you. What a torture! Damn. So yeah, we were at a we were at a getaway with some friends, and uh, they were like, "Hey, thanks for coming into our suite. Here's some thank you gifts." I'm like, "Oh, I've got thank you gifts for you. Here you go." Oh, and they, nice. They were like, "Thank you." Yes. <laughs> Should try that with Zima next time. It so Schmirnoff <laughs> is essentially Zima, yeah. but a little more lemon. Is Zima still a thing? Is that still around? I think you can order it somewhere. <laughs> I think they had a moment when the whole seltzer thing came back. Yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, then everyone realized it wasn't seltzer; it was malt beverage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> malt liquor. That's right. You might as well just play Edward Forty Hands and tape some forties <sighs> to your hands. Ah, nostalgia. Oh yeah, <laughs> when you used to duct tape your hands. Well, together. you know, speaking of malt liquor, you, uh, sure. Lando Calrissian was very famous for doing the malt liquor, the Colt 45 commercials back in the, I think, the 70s or early 80s. So What was the actor's name who played Lando? Uh, Billy Dee Williams. Yeah. Okay. Colt Jeez. 45, malt liquor. I'm just... Smooth. <laughs> sure. You look absolutely beautiful. You, uh, what does he say? You belong with us among the clouds. Yes. <laughs> so smooth. Oh, man. Well, on that transition, since we're enjoying this beverage as it comes... We should probably move on to the actual text we're here to talk about. So we had originally talked about the first two episodes of Obi-Wan. Y'all want to refresh our memories on how you felt about that or uh, maybe, I guess, the character Obi-Wan in general before we move on to the last four episodes, five episodes? We talked about this already? We did talk about it already. Where the hell was I? <laughs> cast, cast number four. Four in the evening at the very end of season two. It was a very late two. night. Is that the one where I'm ghosted in the background? You can barely hear me? Yes. This we was... had moved inside at Sean's house because it was getting cold. Oh, yeah. After multiple uh, watermelon uh, <laughs> drinks yeah. had been consumed, followed by, what did I bring? Um, Jenny. You brought Jenny. <laughs> Jenny Light. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't cream ale. That's right. And, yeah. And I just remember being handed this last watermelon beverage. And I'm like, this isn't a beverage. I have to chew this. Oh, yeah. yeah that was the thick. sludge it. That, that was, was delicious. That was thick. So, yeah, we had talked about Obi-Wan episodes one and two. Yeah. I, uh, I, I feel like my thoughts were positive at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the first episode, um, I really liked the mm-hmm. second episode I thought was mostly filler. Yeah, it was the chase scenes where he's yeah. got Leia and they're running away from third sister. Right. There was a lot of that, like, like I don't very... want to use my force powers. I don't trust that my force powers are here. Yeah, and he, it's like, I don't know, what is it? It looks like they're in, like, Bangkok or something yeah. like that. And um, But the end of that episode, uh, though, was a very, very nice moment. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know. I guess I'll save my thoughts till we get into the larger series. But um, I had I had a positive impression for the most part. Sure. At, sure. at that sure. time, I think I had a mixed review, like I usually do. It was. Yeah. Um, Sean's was... always measured and tempered. <laughs> oh yeah, tempered. That's what they call me. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, it was some things I thought were good. A lot of it I felt like, what the fuck. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be like Mike, and I'm going to reserve my judgment until we get into the uh, rest of this discussion. Well. I really only have one question for tonight. Did we need this? No. Mike? No. No, we didn't need. No. Did we want this? And then we'll get into why or why nots for both those. I mean, I sure did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted something Makes different sense. than what we got. Fair. I will tell you that I only wanted the last two episodes. Yeah. I wanted the Darth Vader yeah. Obi Wan battles that we got. You know what I wanted? I wanted a separate Darth Vader at the height of his power show, where it's just bring Hayden Christensen back, great, but let him be Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Let him just do something without the Skywalkers at all involved in it, and he's just going off and being a terrorist in the galaxy, whatever. Give me an Obi Wan story. Ewoks. Was that crushing Ewoks? Yeah, whatever. I sure. And then, like, give me a, a an Obi Wan story where maybe he gets to do something different, where it's not like he's freaking married to these whiny kids all the time, and it's yeah. like the decision to put Leia in this is what killed it for me. Mm. It fucking killed it. Did not have to be. Was needless. Panders to some part of the fan base that I don't even think exists. I was just like when they made that choice, I I immediately had my radar up, going like, mm. all right, they could either make this good. Or completely fuck it up. And I, I think it went in one direction that I'm not happy with. To that specific point, um, I, I loved the, the Leia device initially because I thought of it as like, well, what would get Obi-Wan off planet? Yeah, he needs a reason to go yeah, back. And yeah, and I thought if, if Leia is the catalyst for that, fantastic. But it was around, you know, episode uh, three or four when it began dawning on me that it was, oh, no, she's not just the catalyst. This is the season. Yeah. yeah. And that, um, you know, I, I had trouble with at the time. Um, you know, so I don't know. My, my review of the series is um, there's some things I really liked and there are some things that... Um, you know, I, I struggle with, uh, but I don't want to, you know, jump the shark here. I'll let you, uh, sort of structure how we do this. That's, that's kind of where I was at when I asked, you know, did we need this? And I wasn't sure if that question was a little too straightforward. It seems like it might've been like, yeah, no, that story didn't need to be told. Right. Did we, and it seems like we didn't really want Obi-Wan in the desert, but we wanted maybe what Darth Vader was doing at that time. Yeah. yeah so l- let me jump in then and, sure. and give my review because um, I feel like Sean's going to have a lot stronger review than me. So we can work up to that. We can. Yeah. Mine's going to be a lot more tepid. <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, I, the tea left out for full day review. Yes, exactly. Yes. I thought the first episode uh, was fantastic and I rewatched the first episode um, this morning actually. And I still think it was uh, fantastic. I, Loved um, just as a, as a piece of character study, I loved seeing Ewan McGregor's interpretation of a broken Obi Wan. You know, uh, there was that quote in the trailer where he's like, "You know, the battle's over, we lost," and seeing him dealing with like the destruction of uh, 
you know, everything that he ever worked for and the guilt that he feels for failing um, the Jedi Order, the Galactic Republic and uh, his his Padawan Anakin. Anakin. Um, I really thought that was fascinating and you only really truly see that side of it um i mean i guess it's there throughout the series but it's a light is really shine shown shined shined on it in that first episode uh that's what that whole first episode is about this is a mm -hmm. broken beat down obi-wan um i loved some of the images there the images of him like working like butchering that flying whale shark thing in the <laughs> yeah. in the desert and then yeah. like you know they had just got done saying like jedi you know, can't help themselves. They have to help people when they see him downtrodden. And the next thing he does is he sees like the foreman abusing that guy. And I'm only giving you half pay. And the guy's like, I got a family. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, um, and then Obi-Wan is just like, the guy looks at him and he's like, you, what are you fucking looking at? And Obi-Wan's like, Oh, nothing. And walks away. You know, I'm like, this is great. Seeing him, you know, get on that like truck and get carted off, and he's just with the rest of those like beaten yeah. down, poverty stricken desert he's people. Steal a little bit of extra food yeah. for his animal, and that's waking it. up completely alone in his cave and calling out for his old master Qui Gon Jinn, and nobody answers. There were so many nice, by nice I mean extremely painful, yeah. but <laughs> in a literary sense, such nice character moments in that first episode. The second episode, as I said before, didn't have a lot of use for most of what happened there. It was yeah. basically like, got Leia, and now I'm like running away from the Inquisitors. Um, the end of that episode I thought was really powerful when she said, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm going to take you to see Lord Vader. And the way you see that, like, dawn on Ewan McGregor's face in the shadows, mm -hmm. what that means. And then the way she says to him, like, oh, you didn't know. And it's this really heavy moment. That was great. I had goosebumps. And then the way that that episode ends, of course, with, like, Vader's eyes opening in the back to tank. I thought that kind of redeemed a lot of the second episode. The series then lost me for a bit. Um, yeah, the third episode... The Vader shit was really cool when Vader shows up and he's just breaking people's necks because he knows Obi-Wan is there and he's, again, the Jedi will reveal themselves. And sure enough, that works. Um, I thought the part where, like, Vader was going to, like, burn him in that fire was such a nice touch, you know? Like, he's going to now do to Obi-Wan yeah. what was done to him. I noticed that ground was perfectly flat. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, and the, but that was immediately oh, then... Yeah. That was... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was immediately, though, sort of undone by, you know, this this show had a bad habit of letting people escape in strangely easy ways. Mm -hmm. In that first episode, they find that Jedi, Jedi in the cantina, and he literally just runs away, just runs and they watch him go. So here, Vader's got, like, a few flames in front of him. This is a dude who later in the series will pull a spaceship out of the sky and rip the walls off of it with the Force. Mm -hmm. But he stands there, helpless, as a droid shuffles slowly out, picks up Obi-Wan, and walks away with him. That yeah. was goofy. That was stupid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so a lot of those middle episodes I had little use for. Maybe he had PTSD about the fire. Yeah. And couldn't go through it. <laughs> Maybe that's that what it was. That must be. He, he refuses to touch fire. Yeah. <laughs> but, like um... Fire back. Yeah. <laughs> fire back. Um... 
but I uh, but then you know the the last uh, couple episodes brought me back to it, yeah. and I did have some mixed feelings initially. The first time I watched the last episode, the lightsaber fight between the two of them was just so gorgeously done. The setting, mm-hmm. um, the the contrast of like the light and the dark, you know, was just so so beautifully done. The choreography was awesome. Most of the dialogue was really good, except for that one awkward moment where Vader does that like dark helmet thing, and he's like. Like, evil will always triumph because good is dumb. Like, he almost literally says that to yeah, Obi-Wan. Yeah. He's like, that's why you always lose. Um, I struggled with Obi-Wan, like, remembering Leia, and then suddenly all his power is just back. Yeah, that moment where he's buried yeah, under the rocks. And like, he's like, this is my world to lose. That was kind of kind of yeah, silly, I yeah. thought. However, um, I rewatched that scene again this morning, and uh, I just decided, you know what, fuck that. I'm, I'm not going to think too much about that. Yeah. Cinematically speaking, it was a beautiful scene, mm-hmm. uh, visually, and the choreography, and again, as I said, a lot of that dialogue I thought was really, really good, really powerful. Uh, Vader stepping off, you know, his his shuttle and saying, "Are you here to destroy me, Obi Wan?" And you know, all that uh, back and forth between the two of them, Obi Wan with tears in his eyes, saying, "I'm sorry for." all of it yeah. you didn't kill yeah, Anakin. The training that yeah they did, that I, I, I thought so, so much of that was very nicely done so I decided uh, you know not to overthink the Obi-Wan comeback bit too much um, and then uh, sort of last point I'll make and then I'll throw it over to Sean here um, I, I thought that uh, this and this is a small point after all the larger points I made here I'm gonna end on a very small point um, so much of what made this series uh, effective um, Obviously, Ewan McGregor is always great as Obi-Wan, but it's really easy, I think, to potentially fuck up Vader. I thought they did a nice job with Vader. He's very physically imposing, and what they did with the voice, I I don't know how they did it. They certainly didn't do it in Rogue One, where James uh, Earl Jones sounds every bit the 90 years old that he is. Yeah. Uh, but that voice, you know, whatever technology they threw at it, it sounded like Vader. I mean, it sounded like, close your eyes, you're back in Empire Strikes yep. Back in Cloud City. Um, it was it was beautifully done. All right, so that's me. Uh, uh, there was some positive, there was some negative. Speaking about the voicing, I think what uh, Disney did was they actually, the rumor is that they did a digitized version of James Earl Jones, so basically they've got like an Alexa version. I of him thought so. Yeah. So that they can basically do as much Vader as they ever want, and so they an probably paid him fake. whatever he needed to get paid for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an audio deep fake. <sighs> I hope that side got picked up by the microphone. All of a sudden, so if if you're a fan of Hamilton the musical, Sean basically just went sit down, motherfucker, because he's ready to come in. But then oh, he gave that out. Sigh symbolizes it's... the winds of Tatooine blowing wow. across the sand. Like I, I wish <laughs> I shared your optimistic optimism. appraisal yes, of the situation. I do. Really, this feels like a trope. I, I just, I, I can't. I'm like the whole time I'm watching this, I was kept. I kept looking for the good. I kept looking for. The Star Wars of my childhood that I know Disney is desperately trying to find, and all I got was somebody pissing in my goddamn sandbox. This fucking you show was an abortion. Sand. Sounds like that's it is happen. awful. Yeah, I hate sand. Thank you. It's it's coarse. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I would have taken. I would have taken eight episodes of that bullshit. It it was like you talked about Vader being menacing, and I'm like no. I think they took the teeth right out of Vader. 
First of all, the show had absolutely zero stakes. Zero stakes. Because I know yeah. everyone survives. And that's yeah. that's part of my problem is why did we need right. this story? Exactly. There was like, okay, Luke's, no, he's not menaced. Why the fuck could someone get stabbed right through the gut with a lightsaber but still miraculously survive enough to travel to Tatooine? But revenge. Twice. Revenge Exa- is a wonderful oh, way to oh, But they let her live anyway. Yes. Vader never lets anyone live. No. Like, what right. was that? Unless Third Sister gets a spinoff. Oh my god, it was brutal. <laughs> Stormtroopers get shot in their armor and they die instantly. Yeah. Fucking get stabbed with a lightsaber after... And, then, well, what, and that uh, happened twice, actually. I know! That happened yeah. to the Grand Inquisitor, too. And, yeah. the, sh- oh, and the shit they... like, They're just pissing on the mythology of the Force every which way now since Disney has bought this franchise. Like, oh, we can transfer lightsabers behind backs across time and space? Fuck that! Or all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, I don't feel the same connection with the Force anymore. That's not how this shit works. And all of a sudden, like you said, like, oh, I have full Force power. All It's it's like a video game. It's like yeah. I was waiting for the, the energy bar to show up in the top <laughs> left corner. Like, uh, Obi-Wan got an energy burst. Yeah. Exactly. Like, power up. Boop, 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 boop. He ate a mushroom. He's great. Hmm. And just, uh, you know, Hayden Christensen. I, I, I always felt like Christensen got really bad short shrift for his portrayal as Anakin. People did not like him. And I, I feel like he did the best he could with what George Lucas gave him. Yeah. I'm one of those kind of people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Disney threw him nothing in this. The only scene where I actually felt a little bit was where, again, again, Vader's helmet gets cut in half, and right. yet his face is miraculously undamaged underneath. And he <laughs> just goes... Uh, I, uh, you didn't kill me. I killed Anakin. And the stupid ham-fisted dialogue with it. The best part of that whole relationship with them was when he says, uh, you should have killed me. Yeah. Because you could almost feel like he meant it. Like, you should right. have killed me because this is all fucked now. That had some pathos. That had some delivery. I'm like, that was it. That was the high watermark for this show. Everything else was just fan fiction done horribly. The cinematography sucked. I thought, uh, what's her name? Is it Moses something? The girl who played uh, Third Sister? She's, oh, I'm not sure. She's a fine actress, I know, but like I've seen her in other things. She's good. I felt like she was given garbage in this, yeah. and it was just it just felt like garbage. Like the menace they tried to give these Inquisitors came off as being even worse than it was in Rebels. Rebels, I felt like, oh well, at least they have some kind of like some kind of like power or agency yeah. or whatever and this thing just felt like even more cartoonish right ironically because it, it, it's live action it's like watching office bureaucrats like hurry oh. for middle management yes positions, you know? so my one beef with third sister is okay so she watches anakin kill the younglings and then mm-hmm. she like grows up to be a sith with the purpose of hoping to destroy him from within the system is yes everything yeah. and then and then he stabs her in the chest or in the abdomen somewhere. And she still wants to kill Luke? Yeah. Like, yeah. that didn't make a fuck no, ton of sense to me no. at all. It didn't. It, they, it, you know, I think you're not supposed to think too much about it because yeah. what they wanted what they wanted was the moment where she stands over Luke and she realizes, like, oh, she's become what Anakin yeah. must have. Which is what you, know. you get because they intersperse cuts of the little... Right. But if, if you want to do that, then you've got to do the work. I mean, it yeah. never made any sense. Why Why is she going after Luke? Right. That that whole part of this, it felt tacked on. It was needless. It's yeah. like, oh, we got to have Obi-Wan have some reason to go back to Tatooine. Like, I just felt like the whole thing was just trash. Like, the... Like, Vader in the movies, especially the original three, and I'll even give it in Rogue One, you felt like this guy was the big bad. Like, he was, or at least the the big bad before the final boss. Like, mm-hmm. this is the guy 
that you would spend hours trying to defeat on NES. Like, it was menacing. <laughs> and you, because you couldn't save your game, right? It was like, this is <laughs> the guy. the worst part about that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this is the guy who, like, he was never a second fiddle to anybody. And yet, they have him standing toe-to-toe with the Grand Inquisitor. Like, there's some kind of equals. And it just made it feel like, this is like a dude in a costume. This isn't Darth Vader. Where's the fucking Darth Vader that was like, no disintegrations? You know? And, like, <laughs> the guy who, like, is, like, a badass on Cloud City and, like, well, if you won't turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. And no! Like, all of that incredible drama... It's probably ludicrous if you watch it as an adult now and it's your first time, but as a kid, it lands so heavy. This all felt like Disney is desperately trying to rekindle that feeling, and they are fucking it up left and right. I'm at the point right now where I was just talking with my family about this. I have no reason to keep Disney+. Plus. They've shit on Star Wars so much lately that I'm like, you know what? Do I really need this anymore? Maybe I'm just hurting myself by continuing to watch and support this. And the same thing with like Marvel starting to take a turn where my family and I love the Marvel movies. And now it's like, eh, I think it's had its moment. Yeah. It's just they continuously crank out bullshit because they know we'll buy it. Yeah. They know we'll pay for it. They know somehow, somewhere, someone's going to defend it online. Yeah. Because they can... They know the formula now to make it it's work. It's not us. I'm sorry. I I wanted this to be like the Mandalorian's first and second season. I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually this is something here. Right. They've actually done well, something a, with this. That, that was a story we didn't know. That was a story we wanted. Bingo. We didn't know where right. it was ending. Yes. And I will tell you with... Um, oh, shit. Oh, so in our first cast about um, Obi-Wan, we had talked about how Disney needs to definitely use Darth Vader as mm-hmm. like the dangling, come get this, we're going to show you something. And the downside to using that is if you don't do it in a way right. that people who were there originally want, yeah. you will get clapped back at. Rogue One is the ultimate highlight for Darth Vader being used by Disney. Down that was hallway. perfect. That was perfect. Right. You had a couple of seconds of him on Mustafar being this menacing badass in the background. And then you got the ultimate payoff of Darth Vader going on a tear, and it was scary. That's some scary fucking shit when he's tearing those guys up in that hallway. Like, you watch that. That's yeah. like a horror movie. It You're is, like, holy yeah. shit. That's the Darth Vader I know. Right. Nothing else they did with him. None of this stuff in Obi-Wan, to me, and I, that part where you talked about when he's in the back to tank, and he, like, opens his eyes and everything, like, oh, I recognize his presence or whatever. I'm like, okay, there's some potential. They were kind of starting to tap into it, and they just killed it. They killed it by overusing him, that he's tearing apart the spaceship. It's like the Force can do whatever the Force needs to do to make the plot work. Well, there's a whole other spaceship right behind that one that came out of nowhere. What the fuck was that? Why can't he pull that one out of the sky? I just, yeah. yeah. another also, one of those bad escapes. Why, didn't, why you know? did he realize that they weren't on that one? Like, right. he's not that dumb. My, I had a big issue with, like, the original, even six movies, where, like, people who were Force-attuned knowing where other people who were force attuned were nobody knew where the fuck anybody was was in this series yeah. third sister didn't know where obi-wan was yeah. half the time and you're telling me that darth vader anakin doesn't know where obi-wan is yeah. no get out of here right. that's the one thing i couldn't swallow besides the third sister chasing anakin for or luke excuse me for no reason and they had easy outs they could have said that obi-wan forcibly discommunicated himself or whatever excommunicated himself from the force like right. luke did in last jedi and they could have said he did that as a conscious choice 
to stay out of the stream, to stay out right. of like Anakin mm-hmm. and Palpatine's thinking and all that. That would have been great. Sure. Reinforce all that if you need to. It would have worked, but they didn't. They just they sold out for a bunch of like hero moments that yeah. didn't land. I thought the girl who played Leia was wasted. She's a good actress. She's she was wonderful. I yeah, think she was good. I agree. She was she was a very cool character. Yeah. And the actress uh did a great job. I just didn't think that it was serving the story very well. It didn't have to be no. Leia. Yeah. It didn't, didn't have to be didn't Leia. She didn't really have much to play. Right. It was Obi-Wan's no. story to tell. If yeah. they really wanted to do something great, I'm going to I'm going to armchair quarterback this thing. Why the fuck was Dave Filoni not involved in this? Number one, number two, or maybe he was. Probably I don't know. Be. If you were Dave Filoni, God, dude, seriously. I'm gonna look it up now. <laughs> if he wasn't, they should have gone to him and like. There's other ways they could have got Obi Wan off of Tatooine. It could have had something to do with the Mandalorians that he was involved with from those cartoon shows, the Clone yeah. Wars and Rebels and all that. We already know he has a relationship with them. They could have done something to lure him out. It could have had a little bit of tie-in with their other big product that they're doing there. If they need to have that friggin' merchandising and cross-apparel shit, they could have done that. They could have gone anywhere but to make everyone sit there and go like, well, that doesn't fit with the first movie. <laughs> but that's what I was left with, sitting there going like, well, how the hell does she not recognize him when she sees him on the Death Star and all this other stuff that's going on? Like, right. oh, you once worked for my father in the Clone Wars. That line means nothing now. Unless she completely forgot what happened to her when she was 13. Like, what? F- fucking five years or eight, six years before right. all that happened. It was just stupid. It was stupid decision. Well, it also sort of... Uh, you know, there's there's the famous line from the first movie where uh, Vader says, you know, you know, Obi-Wan, when... When I last left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And it's like, no, not if this series had anything to say about it. You know, Obi-Wan, like, was not the master throughout this entire series. He he Mm -hmm. fought smartly at the end. He caught Vader off guard. He damaged his suit so that Vader was weakened. But he wasn't the stronger Force user. He wasn't the Jedi master. Um, So that kind of like, now I feel like you go back and watch A New Hope and you're like, well, why would he say that? Yeah. Given their last that meeting. makes no sense. Yeah. Which is a line that any Star Wars fan would know. Right. So, like, how do you not pay attention to that? Right. Yeah. As a- the, the whole implication of A New Hope is when, he's, when he talks about him, he's like, oh, I feel a presence I haven't felt in a very long time. Right. Like, all of that stuff makes sense if they haven't seen each other since the last duel. Right. And they could have made an easy decision close calls like they almost came in contact right. that would have been enough to get your nerd boner going like yeah. yeah and they didn't have to have the payoff dangle the vader right exactly yeah. which is what it. we were saying is they had to carefully manage vader's on-screen time and i understand that some people really wanted to finish and get vader on screen for you know fighting obi-wan and then you had to clean up the mess there that you made but it didn't so like as someone who is watching it just for enjoyment, cool, beautiful lightsaber fight, interesting use of the force, right. you know, all those, the rocks behind Obi-Wan flinging at him and stuff, cool, fine. As somebody who maybe thinks about this for a hobby podcast, that's where it starts to fall apart a little right. bit. I will agree with you guys that that lightsaber fight in the last episode is pretty to watch Yeah, until the rock throwing thing. Well, that was always Vader's trick. That was like, to me, that was always associated with the Sith. Like, they do things like that. Yeah. They will try to get you off balance by an like, unfair fight or whatever like that. The Jedi yeah. never did things like yeah. that. Yeah. But Obi-Wan well, realized was... he couldn't fight the way he fought before. Right. That's what that training montage interweave, or the, twa- the training 
flashback interweaved was. Well, right. I mean, I, I, that's the way I took it is like Obi-Wan understood that he was getting his ass kicked and he needed to like damage Vader's suit in, yeah. in order to weaken him. But, uh, you know, there's still a verisimilitude issue here because, I mean, look, throughout this entire series, what has passed? Two days? Like yeah. three days? Yeah. And yeah, we're probably. talking about a guy like Obi-Wan just like barely caught Leia and struggled mightily to catch this 10-year-old girl. And, like, in two days, he suddenly has lifted, like, an entire screenful of boulders, which he is casually launching, like, missiles. I I mean, why? Why? Mm -hmm. I need a reason. You know, it's verisimilitude. I I need to be able to buy that. And if you're telling me, as the show is, that the reason is because he pictured Leia's face while he was trapped (laughs) under the rocks. I'm like, no. It would have been better if he had just like somehow launched himself out of the rubble. Yeah. And like just stood on top of it and just said, I don't think so, Anakin. (laughs) Or something like that. that. And reignited the lightsaber and he has to turn around and do like the, you know, like that would have been cooler. But no, we got the, oh, big visual. This is where we're putting our FX budget. Let's launch some boulders at Vader. If he had jumped out of the cave he found himself in, and when he landed, the rocks made him taller. Then Darth Vader. <laughs> got the high ground. Oh, got the high ground. Yes. Okay. For the third time. Oh, but he did Let's say he did say some of the things like, uh, hello there. You know, yeah. like there was some of those lines where he did the thing. Well, I'll oh. tell you what though. Like you you uh, you say he did the thing, but I that was for me, I actually really liked that moment. When he when he meets Luke and he says that and it sounds like uh, oh shoot, what is the actor's name? Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec yeah. Guinness. Yeah. Sounds just like him. And it was like, oh man, I, mean, I don't oh, know. I'm sure. It's all in the Nostalgia. Yeah. I know it yeah. doesn't mean it's great writing, but I got some goosebumps at that part. <laughs> well, I'm sure you and McGregor practiced that line oh, yeah. as that oh, yeah. voice. Well, absolutely. Well, just deep faked them. Sure. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> was Dave Filoni involved? Please tell me. You know he was what? Not. I got the cast here. Give me a sec. I'm looking for producers or writers producers. or any of that. Come on, Dave. Don't do me wrong. You know, it's funny um, that we all agree that the Mandalorian has been like a real high point. Oh. The answer is no. The answer is no. Filoni was not yeah. involved. Thank in the show. gods. Deborah Chow directed. Uh, Joby Harold wrote. George Lucas wrote. Well, they get writing credits. He gets writing credits in all of it. Yeah, Hussein Amini, Stuart Beatty. That guy uh, who was going to adapt to Snow Crash in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On and off and on and off and on and off. I feel like um, Deborah Chow was wasted on this series, too. It was she was I'm sorry. She was not the right director to do Star Wars, in my opinion. It didn't feel right. It felt like it felt like a soap opera version of Star Wars. Yeah. Which is well, they always had a rotating cast of directors. Mm, she did all yeah. of it, right? I'm 99 percent sure yeah. she did all of it. All the Mando? Oh no, all of uh, uh, Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, she did all of Obi Wan. And she's got a she's certain sense of yeah, she's got a great sensibility on certain things. But like an Obi Wan show with Vader in it, especially, you're getting into the mythos of the yeah. Force and things. Right. It's, excuse me. It's not a. Uh, it's thank you. <laughs> there you go. It's not a like down and dirty kind of Mandalorian scrap and right. fighting thing. This is about that higher level of yes. fantasy that Star Wars ascribes to occasionally. Right. You needed that grandi grandiose feeling of you know like when they're fighting in the throne room and it's like the oh yeah and they're going like <laughs> yeah. that's what you right. needed for this and I only got it in that one moment in the last episode. And and this was a point that 
you know, I think you and I had made when we, when we spoke early on, uh, when the show had just come out. Um, if you're going to do Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker, um, you know, those characters carry such weight and such gravitas in the mindset of the fan base. Because whether it's the original trilogy, whether it's the prequel trilogy, or whether it's Clone Wars, we are always talking about galactic-wide stakes. And the story of them is also like a great mythological tragedy. Anakin Skywalker is basically Shakespeare's Macbeth in many ways. And if you're going to do, if you're going to bring those characters back, you're going to dust them off and you're not just going to make them appear. You're going to make them the show. This is now the Obi-Wan Anakin show. I'm sorry, but you have a responsibility then to capture that level of gravitas. Um, They didn't do it. I don't know, you know, the, the defense that I've heard in reading online is like, well, they couldn't do it they were limited because it was in between and everybody knows where those characters are in a new hope and so then i'm sorry then you don't do the show if you cannot think of a way to uh, what they've essentially what they've essentially done here is is given us a extended heist arc you know obi-wan has to snatch leia from the imperials been there before and then gets chased for several days. Also been there. And yeah. that's like that's it. It's a extended heist narrative. Now, as I said before, I did think there were nice character moments in there. That's the only way in my mind to salvage the show. I thought for both Anakin and Obi-Wan, I can say like, okay, there's some nice like a look at these characters in between character development. Is that enough to justify it? You know, that's why the first question you asked was, did we need this? My answer is unequivocally no. Did I want it? Easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did we need it? Yeah, that's and that's yeah. the worst part. It's like, right. you know, it's that for me it's that cup of coffee at five o'clock like <laughs> did i need it no did i want it oh hell yeah i wanted yeah. it but then i regret it much later yes you know it's they could have done a bush butter job had they again i i am not an executive disney if you would like our consulting work we are all chief futurist yeah. <laughs> three of us are available as Thank chief you. star warsists if you were interested <laughs> anyway um, it could have been better served had they focused on a smaller story about Obi-Wan not involving Skywalkers. Maybe he sees sure. Luke. Bre- if you got to have Luke in there playing Starman or whatever, a brief thing of him being like, I have to leave for a minute. He goes and has some other completely unrelated adventure because you've got a whole fucking universe to work with. Right. Galaxy, whatever. And then have, if you need to bring Vader into this whole thing, if you want to give Hayden Christensen some work, whatever you got to do, you have a moment where maybe he's training Inquisitors. Maybe it's a thing where he is working with, like, uh, you know, doing something where he's, like, doing his bad guy thing. But it doesn't really involve the main protagonist. It's just, like, a side note. If you've got to have him say something, or they got to have that nostalgia boner rub or whatever to get the, the nerds to go, Ooh! That's going to be the headliner quote for when we make <laughs> this nostalgia boner rub. Whatever it takes. You keep it separate. If you want to set up a separate Darth Vader spinoff show, it doesn't. It doesn't take more than maybe a part of an episode of him doing something as Vader that doesn't really involve the main part of the yeah. series. It that could have been handled. Though, a Darth Vader spinoff <sighs> that that would be death. Like Disney, nobody could do that right without having and and not have fans revolt against them and like unsubscribe to Disney Plus. HBO could do I it. guarantee it. Well, HBO, well, sure. 
You want to get George R. R. Martin to write that book? Oh, God knows oh, he's shit. gonna start it and not finish that shit for the next sixteen oh, years. Oh, so, I've got pages. I swear. I'm, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Uh, Quentin Tarantino has one more movie to direct before he retires because that'll make he's it even said that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. he's he's said uh, ten and, and done, and so he's got one more. And, and all the talk, all the speculation has been, what is Tarantino's final movie? That's supposed to be Star Trek. <laughs> well, he's he's talked I about that Trek, one yeah, particular yeah. Uh, episode of the Next Generation he admires uh, very much. So, yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying a Tarantino Vader movie. Just saying. Oh my god, <laughs> I am here for that. It's just a yeah, yeah, yes. Heads will roll, <laughs> playing for like seventeen minutes. Yeah, I would do that. This like basically like the bride taking on the crazy eighty eight, but it's just Vader. Yeah, for two hours. Oh my! You would do any tickets you would sell Disney? Just show Vader slaughtering wholesale an entire legion of of rebels or something. And I, it yeah. sounds terrible when with I some say really it. cool no, like spaghetti western soundtrack in yeah. the background. You know, Marvel already did it. Marvel under Disney's ownership and stewardship did this. They did a Vader comic series, several of them that really land. They're incredible. They are they ha- great they stories. Their own imprint, or is it through like? It's, it's Marvel does it. Okay. So Marvel, like, so basically, when they got the rights back to Disney and everything, yeah. and the whole thing with or uh, Image Comics, I think, or Impact, or somebody was doing them for a while. Anyway, um, they got it, and they did a whole new run of like the main characters, and then Vader got a series, and it was excellent. It's mm. excellent because it gets into the whole he's a evil badass. But there's also that pathos of, like, he's not really an evil badass. It's mm-hmm. just he's doing this because he thinks he has to kind of... They oh, they they captured it so perfectly. Those are stories to tell. You've already got the material. Jesus Christ! Not this fucking shit that you get. Fuck this show. Yeah. You know, it sounds, too, from things I've read, like, they... they this story evolved a lot uh, to meet like the expectations. It was supposed of, to be a movie, right? Well, it was originally, and then even yeah. when it was going to become a show, uh, originally Darth Maul was supposed to be uh, the big bad. That makes sense. Would so have made a Darth lot of Maul? sense. Uh, I don't know. Robot if it was, legs, Darth Maul. Robot legs. He's from right. Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we were in the timeline there. I don't know if it was two leg, regular legs, Maul, or <laughs> spider legs, Maul. But um, but you know they they kept changing it, and then even at a certain point i don't i don't know if once it became obi-wan invader um but i read too that they i I can't remember i was going back a few months but they either changed it again to make it darker or less dark one of the two because of something that they thought you know audience reaction would be and you know it it just sounds like they had you know this is not this is in keeping with disney's reputation they had instead of writing a good story uh they try to please everybody yeah. Were you saying that Darth Maul could have been the original big bad? That that's such a missed opportunity. Very much so. That because beautiful... it would have been a great tie, and they would have went back to Rebels. Yes. People would have went back to Rebels. Yeah. That beautiful me. moment when yeah. he kills Darth Maul finally, and they have that like understanding as he slays him in this gorgeous, silent duel on Tatooine. Like that's one of the best Star Wars moments ever. Shockingly brief one too. Yes. And yet all the more powerful for that. Oh, it was gorgeous. Maul has gone through literal like years and years of hell. With the single-minded purpose of finding Obi-Wan. Yeah. And then that duel is over like this, in the middle of the desert, at night, you, unwitnessed. Do you know who engineered that one? Uh, uh, oh, I'm going to guess uh, Ryan Johnson was behind that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Oh, is he, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, your favorite? Oh, I, she must have signed off on it at some <laughs> must point. Must have been Dave Filoni, then. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dave Filoni. Again, the guy who actually probably, on our same level of understanding of yeah. Star Wars, or I'm sure better because it's Dave Filoni, but... 
The he guy, understands how to do it. Yes. He's the guy behind Rebels. He's the guy behind uh, Mandalorian. And those, I, in my opinion, are the two best things that Disney has done with the franchise. And Ahsoka coming out, which could potentially bring He's back that pendulum. Well, it's his character. That's okay. his baby. He invented okay. her. It's his thing. It's He invented her in Rebels, right? No, she was a Clone Wars character. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was his cell. He got her through George Lucas and made her into a compelling character from starting off very annoying, actually. When they first introduced <laughs> the that early episodes, God, yes. she was awful, awful. But very, then, yeah, she's well, she's very precocious yes. and all yeah. that, and but Snips. but a very po- yeah, that's right. But she's a very powerful character by the end of that series. Yeah. She's used very sparingly in Rebels, but to very powerful effect. Right. Um, and uh, her, I, I, you know, another goosebump moment for me was when she showed up in Mandalorian Same. because I hadn't read anything and I didn't know that was coming, yeah. and I thought that was, you know, beautifully done. Oh yeah. Is that, uh, There's potential. Rosario. Yeah, Rosario yes. Dawson plays yeah. her. Yep. Yeah. Does a great job, and she I, does. The character, yes. like I said, has a lot of like weight to her now. Now that they've evolved that character, mm-hmm. so I think just put Dave Filoni in charge of all Star Wars. What are you waiting for, cowards? <laughs> we'll gladly take our check for consulting on that one. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, this is one of the rare episodes where I don't know what the fuck to ask you. We've done four Star Wars episodes. We've gone through random Star Wars trivia. We've gone through a quote battle. Yeah. I just, I'm at a loss for what to do for a lightning round. So if you have suggestions, I'll do it. If you don't have suggestions, that's okay. We can just move on and be be content in the tie. <laughs> I'll, I'll stipulate to a tie. That's fine. It's fair. I think we should ask Adam questions. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> sure. Sure, fine. What is Emperor Palpatine's first name? Because I have to ring the bell. <laughs> yes, Adam. Yes, I yes. believe you were Thank first. You. Yes. <laughs> Lord. No. Oh, I, can I answer this one? And here, here's a hint. You right. won't guess it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure it's like Eustace or some shit. You're not that no, far off. No. Yeah, it's, go ahead, Sean. Lay it on us. It's Sheev. 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 You were about to say that, weren't Lord you? Lord. Sheev. Sheev Palpatine. Palpatine. Sheev. Sounds like it would be a nickname, you know, for like Sheevious. Sheevious Palpatine. Hey, Sheevster, what the fuck's up? What you doing this morning? Gonna go have some beers with Sheev down at the keg. What's Upper Palpatine's Sith name? Oh, uh, I do know this one. Hang on. Sidious, right? They always have to have some weird, like, connection to some awful name, like, word. Insidious. Yeah, if I had another three seconds or one less beer. Oh, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. The wise. Darth Plagueis the wise, indeed. (laughs) All right, come on, come on, come on. I'm 0 for 1, but that's fine. 0 for 2. That one, Sean? What's the name of the reptilian monkey creature in Jabba's palace that he keeps as a pet? The one in the basement that Luke has to fight? No, no, that's the Rancor. We all know that. Okay, yeah. The little thing. We that, all know that. Thanks. The little thing that's <laughs> yeah. hanging out with him in the throne room. It's on the shoulders? It's yeah, on the one who's yeah. like, yeah. Ming, ming, yeah. Lloyd. No, it's not Lloyd. See, I'm I'm not even erudite enough in this realm to guess here. I I mean, I don't, I don't know it off the top of my head. I would recognize it, but... Fuck, I, now it's, I'm drawing a blank. Ah, <laughs> fuck you. I it's not Lloyd, but it's like... It's not Bib Fortuna, because that's the, that's the major domo. Leonard. What the hell is it? It's, I'm looking it's got It's a two names. He's got two names. I know that. It's Bib Fortuna's the guy with the neck. Look you. Uh, 
Java. Just say monkey creature, reptile monkey, Java's palace. It'll come right up. Thank you, Dr. Google. Oh my god. Oh my god, that picture is awful. I forgot how bad that Muppet is. Oh yeah. What's his name? <laughs> Crumb. What? A hmm? Kowakian monkey lizard. No, maybe I didn't know no, it. No, that's not the thing's name. What what they call it? Crumb. Kowakian. No, what's the name though? Crumb? C R U M B. Salacious. That's it. Crumb. Salacious crumb. Oh, okay. Thank you. Fuck you. Really? That's not a movie thing. That's not a thing. Someone added salacious. Just like I give my dog a That's middle probably name. from the Kenner Toys review, sure. like released there. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it seems like. Oh, let's give him an easy one then, like. Okay. Sure, you say um... an easy one just to set me up for failure. Cool. Oh, I got I got I just I got one. Why did George Lucas say that Carrie Fisher should not wear a bra on set? during episode four filming. I know I've read this at one point, so it's going to kill me that I don't have it off the top of my head right now. Because Leia wouldn't have. That it was something to do with, like, they, his his vision of, like, clothing in that realm of the galaxy. Like, he couldn't bras picture... Bras wouldn't have been a thing. Yeah. yeah, he said they don't wear bras in space. That was his answer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, every boy in 1977 was like, ooh, ooh Carrie Fisher. Let's go to space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, then they were highly rewarded for that in uh, episode um, six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't wear a bra, uh, but she wore a, a, a very nice gold bikini. Solid mm-hmm. gold bikini. Solid gold bikini, yeah. How do well, sand people travel? Single file to hide their numbers. Very good. Here we go. Also could have answered that because of Dune, but either way, that's fine. Fremen travel in single file. That is true. That is true. (laughs) In a weird, awkward shuffle that made sense in the book, but didn't translate to the screen quite so well. They didn't try. They could have left that out. It was supposed to be like a weird, unpatterned thing, and they were definitely marching in rhythm. They could have just implied that in the movie. I I didn't feel that we needed to actually see that brought to life. No. All right, last one that you might get as an English teacher. We'll we'll end it with here. Ian McDermott, most famous role as Emperor Palpatine. What Shakespearean character in a film version of Macbeth, I'll narrow it down that far for you. Thank you, I appreciate that. Did he play? Is it similar to his role as Palpatine? I... I, I, I can't even give you that, no. Wait, okay. is the question is, what character in Macbeth did he play? Yes. Yeah. He played a character in a version of Macbeth starring Ian McKellen and Jame Duty, or Dame Judi Dench. He played a role in that film version of Macbeth. Banquo. Macduff. Now he's just shouting out random <laughs> character names. Lady Macbeth. No, come on. It's Ian McDermott, man. One Lady of the greatest McDuff. character actors yeah. of his era. You gotta go deeper than that running out of characters <laughs> yeah seaward young seaward <laughs> <laughs> what you you're, egg you're closer what did you say i said what you egg no before that uh um, you said um mcduff's ghost yeah or, Mac, or Bankwell's um, Bankwell's ghost. ghost you were closer um one of he's these... only on stage once in the entire play oh he's man, a murderer this is really oh. raising the stakes here oh man guys you're killing me <laughs> a witch is no, he a witch no the witches witch. are on stage often was he one of the like baby prophecy things? And no, he's not. Oh, that one person. of the king. I've named every kings. character in the whole. No, place. you're missing a big one. 
big one. But he's oh. only on stage once. Uh-huh. He basically tells the entire morality the of the play. The king. Uh, oh, no. Not Duncan. It's not Duncan. He explains what the whole purpose of the Don't, play is. Oh, uh, oh fucking man. the porter. Yes! The porter! Oh, yes! yes. Who tells here? the first knock-knock jokes yes. in, in history? Yep. What? Knock and ye shall hear enter. <laughs> Ian McDermott plays the porter in that that weird version of Macbeth, and it is creepy as hell. Because wow. he's like walking around. He yeah. looks like Bon Scott with the yeah. with like one of those like cabbie hats, and he's got like suspenders and pants no shirt but he's a hirsute man and he he's, is a hirsute man. oh god and he's like doing the whole like uh they like, go oh it's too cold in here for hell and he's got he's hamming up and it's like shit that's fucking emperor palpatine it's sheev yes <laughs> yeah sheev sheev palpatine yep uh and now you that know. one for five yes uh you know what happens better than i thought thanks i'm <laughs> uh, not sure i'm Gonna take that as a compliment. No, no, you're sure, you're sure. grossly uh, underestimating your ability to hang with Star Wars knowledge. We've I given believe, you some weird shit. I, I believe you underestimate my power. <laughs> we do have the high ground. Yeah, that's fine. in perpetuity. That may actually be just the quote every time we talk about Star Wars. That's fine. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, recommendation time, gents. I'm actually I'm a no. I'm I'm a yes. Keep your expectations very, very grounded. Do don't expect greatness uh, on on the uh, you know the sliding scale of Star Wars rankings. This is not one of the great ones, but uh, I also don't think it's one of the bad ones. I think it's right there in the middle. It's entertaining. Yeah. If you keep your expectations low, you'll get to at least see some cool set pieces. Sean. Unlike Mike, I am unable to keep my expectations that low when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> I figure, like, you've got one of the most valuable properties of or pieces of IP on the planet. You better do your homework. You better do a good job. Save your money. Give back your Disney Plus subscription and don't watch this thing. It's, <laughs> it is just, it, it, don't taint your memories of Obi-Wan and Vader and leave it be. All right. Well, mixed bag from here uh, at Nerds of the Old Republic about Obi-Wan. So, Watch at your danger, I guess. You know, watch the last two episodes just at for the fun lifesaver. Yeah. yeah. So we really appreciate your time here at Nerds of the Old Republic. We are at Nerds of Old Republic on all the socials. Make sure to check out more than just books. Mike's uh, awesome blog here that he is working hard for. He's got a lot coming up for us. He does the like, yeah, not so much. That's a lie. Does a lot there. So make sure to check it out. I labor over every word. These (laughs) things go through so many drafts. Why it's not in the Paris Review, I don't know. Is it George Martin levels of laboring over there? Yeah, the next one will be out in the next decade, I promise. (laughs) And we'd really appreciate it if you reviewed us and rated us. Wherever you listen to our podcast, whether it's Podbean, Good Pods, or Apple Podcasts, or any of the other podcatchers, it would really pre- uh, help make sure that other like-minded nerds see us. And if you're not cool with that, just tell one person. You know, Give them a, a link, give them a listen for uh, maybe a couple minutes and see if they like what we do. We'd really appreciate that too. Sounds like a chainmail letter or something. <laughs> a little bit, except for I'm not threatening to like break their like good luck or like damage their life if they don't do that. Maybe we should. <laughs> sure. If you don't tell one other person, I'm coming for you. All right. What do we got coming up, Adam? You know, we had a lot of discussions on what's coming up because this is the start of season three, and the next thing for us coming up. Uh, in the fall is going to be Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep 
by Philip K. Dick, and then Sweet. we're also going to do Blade Runner 2024 in the same month. So 2049. Thank you, 2049. There's uh, another Denis Villeneuve, I believe. Right? Yes. Another Denis Villeneuve. Yes. We do yes. happen to be a fan here in the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Filoni and Denis Villeneuve are maybe our favorites here. <laughs> I've become a fan of this Beltline Brewery, Buffalo Bohemian. You know what? That was pretty good beer. Yeah. It was. It was very yeah. good. Beltline, if you need some uh, people to shill your beer... Reach out. We'll give yeah. you a hand. Yeah, well, I mean, we're horse. We, we don't care. We will, <laughs> no, I have we'll, literally... We'll hawk uh, anything. Literally no scruples here. So uh, We actually want to hawk anything. We don't yeah. hawk... We don't hawk anything when we no. want to, so... Yeah, we're we're wide open to the experience here. <laughs> we are bigger sellouts than the Black Keys. Oh! oh there you go. <laughs> Sean is the only one who actually earned something tonight. Damn. So if you're looking to keep up with us for uh, the September cat or the October cast, excuse me, uh, pick up Do Androids Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick and Blade Runner 2049. This we'll spoiler alert is, yeah. uh, yes, yes, they do. They do. They oh. do dream of electric sheep. Well, I'm not sure that I'm going to read it now. <laughs> yes, yeah, you uh, saved me a couple of hours. <laughs> great, great, great. All right, we'll catch you up in the fall. Until next time, we'll see you then, nerds. Cheers. 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 Cheers.